In April, we are in exploration mode, featuring a menu of spring-summer beverages, an update on downtown development in Memphis, and an interview with a celebrity musician. First, Spring Cocktails, shared by Cisco Larson, interviewed by Jeannie Tabor. Cisco is the general manager of Joe's Wines and Liquors in Midtown Memphis. Whether the weather says so or not, the original cocktails he has lined up for us all say it's spring. Hi, I'm Jeannie Tabor, Publication Director for River City Lifestyle, and I have the pleasure today of talking to Cisco Larson of Jones Wines and Liquors. We are bringing Cisco back. I think it's your third podcast now, so we can call him a regular. And our theme for the month for the magazine is Explore. So I am so excited to listen and explore what um, great um, wines and beers and cocktails that Cisco brought to the literal table today at our podcast. Yeah, Jeannie, thanks for having me. I, I love coming in and talking with you all about all the fun stuff we have. I've, uh, we've got stuff from all over the world. You really inspired me with the Explore theme. And so I just kind of ran wild with it. And so I hope that that's okay with you. We're starting with a true exploratory beverage, which is Madeira. Uh, what do you know about Madeira? Have you ever heard of it? I have heard of it, but I know very little. So okay. tell me what it is. Great. So Madeira is a fortified wine like port, like sherry, like Madeira. That's the third one that I think of. And But the difference is Madeira uh, is made a different way. So the port and sherry are both fortified. Madeira is also matterized, which is a, a term that is named after Madeira for oxidized. Okay. So your bottle, unlike your bottle of port or your bottle of sherry, your bottle of Madeira never goes bad. Hmm. So okay. you can buy a bottle just like your bottle of bourbon and you can open it up a week later or a year later and it's still in the same shape that it was when you first tried it. I love that. My father-in-law thinks that's the same for wines. <laughs> We've had to sort of encourage him that it's not like that. Yeah. Some people have never had a bottle that survived that long, but but many, you know, <laughs> will push the boundaries. But that's actually how Madeira came to be. So it's an archipelago off of Portugal, actually closer to Morocco, that during exploration, Ships stopped at the island of Madeira. It was the last stop before the colonies. So they could pick up wine. It's not huge, but there was wine there. The wine wasn't great, but it was drinkable. There was one cask especially that was so bad that it made it to the colonies and back, and they returned it. They actually returned <laughs> the cask hilarious. of wine. If you think about it, like sailors in the 1600s, 1700s, returning a cask of wine, it must have been truly atrocious. Indeed. The... But what they found was this wine was oxidized. It had been on the ship the whole time, and they were like, actually, this is pretty good. This might be better than the stuff we're already giving them in the first place. Oh, funny. And so that, that's the first miracle of Madeira. The second is them then fortifying it with a neutral spirit. Uh, the ones that I brought today are from Enriquez and Enriquez, and they have been producing Madeira since the mid-1800s. There's not a lot of land on the island of Madeira. It's really small. These folks source from different producers. They have um, they have pretty high standards, though. Every the rules of Madeira are kind of shaky. They're not like uh, really <laughs> intense bourbon rules where it says like right. if it says this, it must be this. But that's what the H and H family believes. They think 
if it says 10 years, everything in there has to be 10 years. But then it could be older than 10 years as well. So I've got a bottle of Cerciol and Boal 10-year-old Madeira, and we're just going to give them a try right oh, now good. just so to excited. get it started. Do we so, get the, the cork on there? Yeah. When I think of port, I think of after-dinner drink. Is this drunk in the same fashion, or is it Exactly. Different? Yeah. I I find this is a really great bourbon substitute. Oh, and that's cool. For, so it's like a great transition for bourbon drinkers, because some people drink port, and they're like, this is this is so sweet. Mm. I would only drink it every now and then. Cheers. Cheers. Okay. Okay, that's good. It yeah. does. I taste a port. I, I definitely taste a similarity to that, but not as sweet or syrupy. Yeah, there's like a nuttiness there. Mm -hmm. There's there's all types of other stuff I could tell you about it. Like how there's a red grape. There's one red grape. There's four white grapes. These are the these are two of the white grapes. Cerciol is the driest, and they increase in sweetness. Boal is the next level. Malvasia, um, but they they're all really fun and like a a great after dinner drink. Um, the Cerciol is kind of on the dry side. You get to the Boal, I think that would be more like a dessert one. And you said these are the white varietals. Mm -hmm. Do the red varietals look different? They and actually they look shockingly the same. same. And do um, they it, taste any much different? For sure. The the white grapes are higher quality grapes. Okay. Is the is the big difference. So you'll see Rainwater Madeira, which has its own really cool story. Like twenty really cool stories that maybe all of them or none of them are true. And then uh, they've got five year old stuff, they got ten year old. They have older stuff. They have these people make a lot of like vintage stuff. So if you wanted one from your birth year, you could oh, you could that's have fun. Okay. If, if you visit Madeira, you will find a bottle of your birth year Madeira, and you can drink it there on the island. But it's, do you guys have a pretty wide variety? Could I come to Joe's and find my? For sure, yeah. Th so these are on the okay. shelf today. These H and H Enriquez and Enriquez Madeiras. They're forty eight ninety nine for the ten year old stuff, okay. but they have. Entry level ones uh, around twenty bucks, twenty five dollars is like the rainwater, and the five year old Tinta Negra, the the red grape. Mm -hmm. So very fun. Before you move on, so you said this could be kind of a nice transition. So if you're drinking bourbon as a cocktail, do you introduce this with food, almost like a wine, or do you wait till after dinner and it becomes the after dinner traditional? I so in the in the spirit of exploring, I really like to throw this out like when we're all looking at, um, when there's like a charcuterie board or like mm. just a, a, a tray full of crackers and meats and cheeses and stuff, you know, it's like, that's when you bring this out and it's like something to talk about or just something fun to drink that pairs well with the board. I think it's fun to talk about when people are like, oh, cool, this is this is like the wine I like. It's also like the bourbon that I drink. Yeah. Cool, all right. Um, so yeah, it, very serviceable. And, um, and once again, you can bring it out for a party uh, in this April, and then you can bring it out for a party in fall. Or I for could Christmas. give it to my father-in-law and bring it out in ten years. Yes, exactly. Uh, you're like, oh yeah, I remember that Christmas from ten years ago. <laughs> now I have grandkids that can right almost drink it. So Madeira is fun to explore. Also, in the uh, in the spirit of exploring, we just got this week D and V International beer importers dropped. A, a bunch of new stuff. We got 12 new SKUs, uh, including St. Bernardus, which is a Belgian brewery. They make some really, really awesome Abbey-style beers. But the one I brought was inspired by you, Jeannie, because you said, let's do some things that are really about exploring. So they have one that is a that's called their Watau, Watu, Watu, mm -hmm. W-A-T-O-U, Tokyo Belgian Wit Ale. It, this is a beer they... But they brewed this one just to go 
with the cuisine of Tokyo. They only sold it in, to- in the Tokyo Brew Pub forever until just recently they've released it in 12-ounce cans for you and me to enjoy. Oh. This St. Bernardus Watau Belgian Wit pairs awesome with Takashi Bistro or any of your other awesome sushi or Japanese-inspired cuisine that you can find. That's fun. What would you say that's most similar to for people who love beer and, and you would want to encourage them to try it? This That's great. This is really similar to a blue moon but oh yeah but a blue moon yeah okay so this is slice yeah and that's a great way to serve this too especially if there's some citrus involved in the in the meal you put you squeeze an orange slice in there and serve it in like one of those tall uh beer steins or whatever it's really great Mm -hmm. um the other one that they've brought to us is from is actually from poland uh i i love their baltic porter this is combs k-o-m-e-s and they are a Polish brewery, our first Polish brewery, and they've got some uh, some really good stuff. Award-winning Baltic Porter, which being on the Baltic, they're really the first one to have for us to have. Um, this is also their Raspberry Porter, which has been the best selling so far. Interesting. So, as far as seasonal stuff goes, ra- their Porter, their Baltic Porter, the Raspberry Porter, that sounds like that feels like the end of winter, right? Into spring, which is kind of like this Belgian wit ale, like a blue moon. You can you drink it and watch the sun on your porch and exactly. Hang out. So, how raspberry is that? How much do you taste the raspberry? It's pretty faint, or is it pretty strong? It's real because they're they're using real raspberry juice in it, um, and it it's. It's got this kind of like uh, it's not dessert though. It's not like a sweet mm-hmm. beer because they also they're they're making it with vanilla and chili peppers. So it's Ooh. the chili peppers you don't get like a ton of that uh, spice from it, but I feel like it rounds it out really well. Okay, I'm uh, getting a pizza vibe. What would you pair that with? The, uh, yeah, if you're putting like if you love your uh, your awesome. Uh, red red, pe- red pepper flakes exactly. on top of that. And yeah. a little hot honey, that kind of Yeah, the hot yang. honey vibe is uh-huh. like uh, Hog and Hominy has a really great exactly. pizza that goes like that. That's exactly that. what I was thinking of. Also, Aldo's has like a Willie Cheech and Bob pizza that would probably be really good with that. That's got got peppers. Um, yeah, so those are great. And we're the best part is these guys will have just done a tasting after you're hearing this. So some of, some of the people listening to this may have already heard about this awesome brand and their... Um, the great things that they're bringing to us because they have a bunch of other stuff, which is really exciting to see. Um, the next thing that we have, we've got some wine, and I kind of was inspired by the Oscars, which we just saw um, this past weekend. Fun. Oh, that champagne color? Yeah. Like the um, runway? That, or not runway. What do we? Yeah, it is runway. Yeah. It went from red to champagne. Yeah. Isn't that right? So the, the wine that we have is, is motivated by... There's two ways to talk about it. This is Sun Goddess Pinot Grigio Ramato. It is, you know, Pinot Grigio. I do. Okay. I do. Mm-hmm. So um, Pinot Grigio is super popular, but it's uh, a lot of people drink it as like a water version of wine. Mm-hmm. That's not what this is. This, right. okay. this is an this is Ramato style, which it's got a little more oomph to it. Yeah, more and, flavor. And you were talking about the champagne color this is like almost rosé color it is but right. they're making it from pinot grigio okay so you're like how does that work well the grapes are actually gray they're actually gray or pinkish okay. so if they leave the juice on the skins for a while it absorbs some of that color and also some of the flavor too so it's it's not sweet it's got it's got like this very dry finish the cool thing about sun goddess um is 
it is actually a celebrity wine. So I'm not, I won't be caught endorsing a lot of celebrity wines because most of them aren't great, but they, this is from Mary J. Blige. Oh, um, that's fun. Is that, that her right there? That's on the her cover? face. Okay. What looks like a record and a beautiful sun goddess. Um, Super cool. She was uh, nominated for Best Supporting Actress for the movie Mudbound, which is about black sharecroppers in the Delta, which I was like, when I was thinking about that, I was like, oh yeah, the last time I was here in studio, we were talking to rice farmers in the Delta. <laughs> and Full I, circle. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Um, and the reason why this is exploration is because it's a new style of Pinot Grigio. It's from Friuli, where, where people had Pinot Gris from all the time. But this is a new style and something fun to check out and, and put on some Mary J. Blige and, and just Absolutely. Enjoy. So does it looks like a rosé, like you pointed out. Does it taste more like a rosé? Is it a cross between that and a Pinot Grigio or no? It's really like, it's actually closer to bet- somewhere between... Uh, Pinot Grigio and red wine than it is okay. rosé. I think the, interesting. It's it's got fruit. It's got but it's got a little bit of tannin and it's very dry. Mm. Oh, uh, I want to try that. That sounds really good. Really pleasant. Uh, I absolutely enjoy it. What food would you encourage people to pair that with? So it's a aperitif style. Like you you want to drink it on your porch, hanging out with um, the extra hours of daylight savings time exactly. that we were talking about uh, as we bask in the sun in the studio. The um, I think some good pairings for that you could find some um, some harder cheeses or like a vodka sauce pasta would be really nice. Mm, um, okay. Just just like noodles and and onions and garlic and vodka sauce and that would be really good. Sounds like a good thing for today because we're feeling spring. We're trying to dress spring, but the weather's not totally cooperating. <laughs> this maybe you don't want that heavy red that you've been enjoying all winter by the fire. Might be kind of a nice transition of. A little bit of both. Yeah. And it's, I feel like it's always just up here. Yeah. That's, that's where it is. And it's like, if you put the vibes out, then the, you're definitely going to uh, receive the reward of spring in some way. Just so, even if you're inside in the, in the heat, right. looking at the sun outside. Looking at your cherry tree or whatever's blooming out there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah which started blooming two weeks ago. Right. Yeah. yeah so um, I, I feel like that's really that's a, a really fun bottle of wine that I love introducing people to. And I hardly ever even tell them it has to do with Mary J. Blige because um, they're already putting it in their basket beforehand. And right. it's, um, <laughs> it's a really good wine. Hopefully they find out at some point. Yeah. Um, so then you were like, hey, Cisco, how about some cocktails to explore? And so I started thinking about like, what are some great ways to uh, to talk about different cocktails? What would be what would be good for spring? What would be good for summer? What do we... What do I want to drink today? What do I want to drink next week? What you know? What do we want to put in our glass? But but I also was motivated by like, what have I already bought from the fall? Like, what do I have left from the winter and from the holidays and stuff? And so I got to thinking about all the little uh, bitters bottles. Do you mm-hmm. have these lying around the house? I okay. Do. So these the bottles of Angostura and Regans and Peychauds. Those are all the the bottles that make it through the holidays. And you're like, okay, but like I have most of this bottle left. How do I keep using? Oh, I love this. Yeah, right. Because it's don't fr- waste things. I love yeah, that. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. It's you're upcycling it from your old fashioned. Cool. So, the cocktail that I f- that I found was this Stone Fence cocktail, and there's a uh, there's an adaptation by Janai and Jell, who is a who's the owner of Pretty Magic Cocktails in New Orleans, and which does like 
kind of like Morgan McKinney here. She does um, cocktail classes and does stuff on her Instagram and uh, and creates recipes just for special events and will bartend special events. And but is also a bartender at Bar Tonique in New Orleans. Um, and so her quote is: "Cocktails are not just drinks; they're a form of self-expression." And you really get that with some of these the cocktails that she puts on her uh, on her Instagram. I happen to bring one of these cocktails ready to go. Lovely. Um, I just need to add one of the fun parts to it. Okay, okay. so this what are we adding? we're adding yuzu ginger cider from Ooh. Shaxbury up in Vermont. Um, oh, cool. So this cocktail is usually made with rum or uh, or with cognac, but she decided to use rye whiskey in it. So uh, if you have whiskey left over throughout the holidays, this is great. You have all your bitters. So it's got an ounce and a half of rye whiskey. It's got two dashes of Angostura, two dashes of Peychaud's, and a dash of orange bitters. Then you add two or three ounces of apple cider. Um, and I, th- I think this yuzu ginger has been one of our favorites um, that we got in the past few months. So I figured oh, let's... Fun. Wait, is that alcoholic or no? It is, okay. yeah. So we've got... We carry like 70 different ciders in the store. And I've been drinking cider a lot more recently just with the way that uh with beer affects me i've been i found cider works a lot better it's gluten-free and um and i sometimes i just feel better the next day when i've had a couple ciders and now you know craft beer is pretty creative but this the cider folks are the same they're the same mad scientists in the lab working on really fun stuff and so this shaxbury yuzu ginger is a really great addition to this cocktail. Don't let it overflow. Oh, you gave on. me a good pour there, didn't yeah, you? Yeah, yeah. Okay. But it's mo- it's mostly uh, mostly cider. Okay. All right. Mmm. Okay, that is delicious. That's nice. That's um, really nice. I'm not a huge cocktail fan, but that almost tastes like a bubbly or, I don't know, but it has a little bit of a different feel than just a, a solid cocktail. Yeah, and I, I have, uh, I've also brought... A shaker that uh, that just mixed itself on the way over here. <laughs> because we were talking about Madeira earlier, I was thinking we'd make a version with Madeira instead of rye whiskey. And uh, inspired... oh, of this cocktail we just had, this uh, yeah. is now the one with Madeira. Right. Oh, so cool. we're going to put a little bit of okay. cider in this one again and see Perfect. how it turns out. I think that I think that it'll be welcome. But I was ex- I was really inspired by. Um, an eye on how to kind of like innovate your own cocktail cheers, cheers again mm. Mm. yum that's pretty good i i almost feel like i like it more but um i did make it up so i'm pretty biased <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> so okay so that that was the stone fence cocktail i'm gonna add that to our website as uh, as well with a link to this podcast so that you can find both of the cocktail recipes we're going to talk about the other one is you were talking about how it's a mindset you yeah. know how it's spring and summer mindset yes. And so this other one is is from a bar in Los Angeles where, uh, where you know, spring and summer are the mindset all the time. <laughs> right. And so this bartender, Liam Odian from Playa Provisions uh, in Playa del Rey, L.A., came up with this. Uh, when I was looking at his Instagram, he was like, okay, this is it. This is the one. I'm done. I don't need to come up with further cocktails. That's I hilarious. Have mastered this is my craft. his cocktail. Yes. Okay. This is what it feels like his masterpiece piece. It's called the Poblano Colada. So Imbibe is like uh, Imbibe is a really great cocktail magazine. They do some long format stuff. They do short pieces. Um, like they had a really good piece with with Janai 
Angel in there. Um, and then they featured also this Poblano Colada from Liam. This one is the summer cocktail that I feel like I'm going to go, I'm going to make a lot. And so with these, I don't want to pick stuff that's like either really expensive to make or like you have to buy five ingredients that right. all cost $50. Yes. Yeah, this should be, cocktails at home should be economic in financially and for a home bartender. Right. Because you want it to be fun. You don't want to have to put 12 ingredients together at home. That's why you go to a bar. Right. Good point. Uh, um, and so... This one is, so the last one featured a lot of stuff you already, you might already have at home. Um, this one is new stuff, but all ingredients that you should be pretty familiar with, except for the star of the show, which is this Ancho Reyes Verde Chile Poblano Liqueur, oh, cool. which is cool. Um, it's uh, Mexican from Zaragoza. It They, they, make, they make another uh, Ancho Reyes dark chili liqueur, but this Verde... Uh, is obviously what gives this a really nice pop. Mm-hmm. Um, it's an ounce and a half of Ancho Reyes Verde, an ounce and a half of pineapple juice, an ounce of Coco Lopez, cream of coconut, and a half ounce of fresh lime juice, and an eighth of an ounce or a dash of absinthe. Um, so it's got like these awesome... Uh, what, do you, what do you think of when you, when you hear those ingredients there? Oh, it almost sounds like um, a pina colada. A yeah, bit. that is definitely okay. what I get but from But maybe this. cooler and yeah. a little um, less sweet. Yeah, so, okay. I, I think that's... Like you have a pina colada and you, you drink it and you're like... It feels like dessert a tiny bit, right? Yeah, and this, because you're, you have the, the chile liqueur in there and then you have the absinthe, mm-hmm. I feel like it... Uh, it brings it back into balance from from that one side of sweeter dessert drink that you drink during the day to uh, to something that's that's more balanced and you could drink any time. Remind me, is absinthe like licorice? I can't remember. What's the yeah. flavor? Is yeah, it right. Okay, mm-hmm. anise or licorice, whatever okay. whatever you call it. And then you just top it with a, a, a orange slice and um, like a handful of mint. Yeah. Really makes it refreshing, and I've, I feel like this is like an Energizer Bunnies, uh, <laughs> like pina colada. I love that. Well, you talked at some point about, if you know, not being wasteful, having ingredients that can be used in different seasons, etc. Tell me a little bit more about this um, liqueur. I've not heard of a poblano chili liqueur before. Is that something that's pretty versatile, or is this kind of just you'll keep it for this one cocktail and and it'll last you the summer? Yeah. So I. I think you can add it to a margarita and, and, and without, so a lot of people do, we'll do like a, I'll, I'll be on the river and see like infused uh, like bottles of Casamigos with uh, jalapeno shoved in them. And I'm like, (laughs) that is a dangerous game you're playing. But instead of doing that, yes, in so many ways, (laughs) instead of that, this is, you just add a dash of this uh, poblano chile liqueur to it and to a margarita. And it's got a little bit of sweetness, but it's still uh, 80 proof. So it's it's it'll add all the spice you want mm-hmm. um, without usually going overboard. And uh, and you just add a de- like a you know half ounce of it to a margarita, and I think that's pretty great. There's a lot of other cool things to do with it. And the the other recipe, the uh, the stone fence cocktail that we were right. talking about, is is a, a great inspiration for exploring. Uh, just like this, like I, when I think of the Negroni cocktail, you, um, when I, when it comes to winter, you, 
I change out the gin for uh, for bourbon because I just I want that I want the the darker side I want a little more spice I might put some rye in there I don't see why you can't put this into um, you know a part of part of that cocktail and make it your own where you're taking taking away uh, maybe the the bitter side a little less Campari and adding some chili to it um, but also you could you could put it in uh, your stone fence cocktail and just make it a spicy version mm-hmm. of that. I think that's the the cool thing. It's a it's a modifier. It's not as intense as absinthe. That's why you've got, you know, an eighth of an ounce of absinthe, a dash of absinthe, and an ounce and a half of ancho reyes. It's not as intense. The heat is there, but you can use it as a tequila substitute as well. And I, I think there's a ton of fun ways to yeah, play it. Well, it sounds like it. Okay. That sounds like another good addition for the bar. Yeah. For spring. So um, that's that's what we're exploring today. And I hope that we've been on enough journeys uh, on this podcast today. I think so. I've had a lot of fun and a several drinks and enjoyed so much <laughs> hanging out with Cisco. We've got to do this again in the evening so we can really dive into all of this. I know. We'll have much, much taller pours at that point. Yes. But thank you for helping us to explore some new items that we can add to our bar. And as you say, the extra hour we have on our patio now, we have some interesting, exciting new things to try. Thank you so much. I hope you'll come back again soon. Thanks so much, Jeannie. I hope you'll be back. Bye.